welcome to another episode of Another Zelda Podcast. I am David Geisler, your co-host today, joined with a new but not new co-host. Uh, Mallory Kuhn is here with me. Now, Mallory, this is the second time that, that we've been able to podcast. We did our group episode back in season four, but this is our first time just doing like a classic AZP episode, two people talking. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Um, I know you you had the opportunity to come to Chicago, you and Ryan. I'm also recording an episode with Ryan today, a little behind the curtain. Um, that episode will come out a couple episodes from now. How was your guys' drive into the city? Yeah. Could- it was great. And, uh, you know, we were we've been staying in uh, Wrigleyville mm. over in Chicago and we've never been there before. It's really nice. You guys. <laughs> Wrigleyville is interesting. I actually lived in the Wrigleyville area about 20 years ago when I w- went to school for the first time. And um, it was it was f- fun. It was a nice area, but it hadn't it, the whole like World Series thing hadn't happened yet. That oh, happened 10, God. 15 years ago. Yeah. And it was, there was just kind of like disparate fast food restaurants <laughs> and kind of parking lots and stuff like that. Oh, no. And now it is a completely different thing. It beast. is like hip. We came, we're only here for like a couple of days and we just, you know, walked around last night when we got in and we were like, we need to stay here enough to eat at all these places. <laughs> <laughs> Too many good restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is kind of cool there. Yeah. It is kind of cool. It's all very new. So it's like mm-hmm. a newer Chicago experience, you know, um, all the buildings, you don't have like the, the older Chicago architecture you might find right. downtown, but it's, it's. It's, it's cool. Cool yeah. little area. Well, I'm glad you guys... Is your hotel nice and everything? I, yeah, I didn't ask, actually. Yeah, pretty nice. Pretty nice. Not too shabby. <laughs> cool. Well, what are we talking about today? I'll let you set it up, and Ooh. then we'll get to listener feedback. All right. So today, we are going to be talking about our favorite incarnations of Zelda. So I'm super excited. Zelda the Princess. Yes, Zelda Indeed. the Princess. I know. When I was titling this thing, I was almost going to just call it... I was going to try to get real clever, like the Breath of the Wilds episode, and just be like, Oh, yeah. Zeldas. Yes. But I, oh, I got to put princess in right. there first for the title. <laughs> Make it clear. Yeah. Because Zelda's, I mean, that could be, that's all, that's, you know, that's so many different things now. Um, Yes, we're going to talk about all the different princess Zeldas. And this was an idea that when we were kind of pitching some ideas back and forth and we landed on this, you had pitched it to me. What was the inspiration for the, the topic? Um, that is a really good question. I think I just, we, we talk a lot about the different incarnations of Link, or I think we, you know, we think about it a lot, or you yeah. see people talk about it a lot. And I don't know if we talk a lot about the incarnations of Zelda. And I almost feel like it's more interesting because Link, as we've talked about, is kind of a more blank slate character. So you can kind of insert yourself, whereas Zelda is always an NPC. So she always has a little more personality, a little more pizzazz, and it's very different from game to game. So yes, yes. What what she is, how she acts, her personality, what her place is in the world is very different from yeah. game to game. And so I expect we'll be exploring that today. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's do some listener feedback. I have four. I'm just going to kind of keep it a little bit brief. Uh, this is one... This, I'm, I've got the encyclopedia in my lap here and it keeps like sliding off my knees. <laughs> See, I can hold it while keeps you're reading forward. if you want. I'm just going to set it okay. down here. There we go. I felt like a little kid like in first grade with my like textbook <laughs> on my lap. falling off. And it kept sliding floor. off my pants. <laughs> Anyways, okay, here we go. So this is a comment by Aaron M. Mills over on YouTube. And he's replying to the top 10 Zelda speedruns moments that um, Ross and I did back in season four. Uh, we recorded in this room in these chairs, in fact, for that episode. <laughs> And uh, Aaron M. Mills here says, another great episode. My brother turned me on to you guys about a month ago, and I am nearly caught up with the back catalog. I'm 30 days sober today and have been biking from Lincoln Square to Evanston. This guy lives near us. Eight miles each way for treatment. This podcast has made my commute that much better and bearable. Not that I ever stopped playing Zelda, but I did 
get, but it did get me to finally bite the bullet and purchase the Link's Awakening remake. You guys have no idea how much you and the Legend of Zelda have helped me in my recovery. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh, Aaron Mills, that is amazing. That's I a wonderful that. story. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Congratulations on on the recovery, Aaron. That's Indeed. great. Indeed. Wow. And and he's a neighbor. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm living over here in Uptown these days, and uh, let's see. Evanston's a little bit north of us, if I'm if I'm thinking correctly. Lincoln Square. I'm a little. So I'm still. Even though. So I used to live in Chicago, and then I moved basically to like Milwaukee, Wisconsin for yeah. a decade and a half. And so now that I'm back in Chicago, I kind of remember all the areas. But when people say, oh, you know, Logan Square, I'm kind of like, where was that again? like, wait a second. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, Aaron, Aaron, that's awesome. Keep on listening. Keep on staying strong on your journey. And that is that is really, really cool. And and thank you for letting us know. I listen to podcasts when I bike a lot, too. I don't know. What's your what's your like favorite podcast listening environment experience? Yeah, I always do it when I'm on the treadmill or at the gym in general. Oh, yeah. Because then you lose track of time and you forget that you're on the treadmill because the treadmill's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a biking can be like that too. When you're like you're still like 15 miles away yeah. from home and you're, you're like, like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and sometimes like a song, sometimes like a I have a playlist that has a certain BPM that kind of keeps you going, but sometimes you need to just get well, lost in a know, show. You know, a song is about three minutes, right? So if it's been three songs, I know I've only been running nine minutes, right? <laughs> I never so thought about see, that. Yeah, well, now I've just ruined it for you. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> okay, over here on YouTube, Zach Redabau, um said on the Music of Skyward Sword episode, Hey guys, love this podcast. I'm way behind but your content is great. Oh, because this is a, he's technically, or they are technically commenting on a season two episode, but who cares? Our, our show is designed to listen to it in any order you like. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm way behind, but your content is great. I secretly, not so secretly though, listen to you at work all the time. It would be awesome to see some gameplay from both of you from time to time. Oh, that is interesting. Well, I guess that's when Zach listens to podcasts is at work. Uh, we do, you know, I actually kind of want to speak to that for just a quick second. We consciously try to make this show something that, can be shared with people that someone could listen to it at work, maybe even like out loud at work. And I'm really happy to hear that that's Zach's experience. Um, as far as the gameplay, we, so Kate and I have like in the early days of the show, we were trying to figure out what the show was, yeah. you know, Mallory, because podcasts can be a lot of things. And these days they can also be expressed in a lot of extracurricular ways. Right. And you know, the, the natural extension is that a video game podcast usually starts to stream Streaming. or something like that. And Kate and I considered it. We thought about, we knew that neither of us had the schedule available to where, where in which we could do that regularly. Yeah. So we thought, oh, maybe we'll do like Let's Play sometime. I remember in season one, I pitched an idea to Kate where maybe we would Let's Play each Link's Awakening dungeon, like together. Yeah. Um, But the, you know, just logistics, it couldn't quite come together. However, after season two... I experimented personally with doing like a dungeon dungeon playthroughs and I was playing. So you might remember that the season finale for season two was Link's Awakening. Yeah. My little arm is coming off my seat here, but I think <laughs> I'll just deal with it. Um, when I played that, it was my first time ever playing Link's Awakening truly properly. Yeah. And um, I decided to literally run the, the game through a screen recorder and record myself playing the dungeons at least. Because one of the things that Kate and I spoke to is how weird it is. Both of us have this weird experience where we did not play A Link's Awakening first. We played the more con- the traditional Zeldas. And even I even jumped back to the old ones. Yeah. But I always kind of avoided Link's Awakening. Sorry. 
A Link to the Past. I've been saying oh, Link's Awakening this whole okay. time, haven't I? I have been saying Link's Awakening this whole time. I know. I was like trying to remember the episode on Link's Awakening. I saw it in your too, eyes. But I was like, okay, I'm going with you. <laughs> I honestly saw it in your eyes. It was like, it was like, uh, like, like, a, like a, not a deer in headlights, but it's kind of like, okay, we're going to go on this path. I'm just I'm not nodding sure with you, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I constantly swap those two titles. A Link to the Past was our season two finale, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I recorded myself and I got three of those episodes out there. But right around the time the third one was being published is when we had to make all those creative choices for season three. And so it did kind of fall to the wayside a little bit. But I still have those files. And I've even considered maybe going back and replaying some of the dungeons and eventually putting some of that stuff out there. Um, it's okay. It's cool. I don't know if there's ways for us to really have that extra content. Right now, we're just really focused on making the, yeah. the podcast be a podcast. When was your first time playing a Link's Link to the Past? Right? I almost said a Link to the Past. A link to, I actually have actually, yet to too. play Link to the Past. So... Really? Yeah. Well, how far back do you go? Have you tried the, the original Legend of Zelda? No. So the original and Zelda 2, I have not played either. Mm-hmm. I think the furthest back in the like catalog chronologically release order is Ocarina. Probably Ocarina. That's the furthest back I've gone. Yeah. Wait, wait. How about Link's Awakening? Any? Well, I did the remake, the remake. for Switch, yeah, but I okay, didn't play okay. the original, which was delightful, by the way. The remake? Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah. I think I, I love the original. I still play the original. I think I enjoy the remake even more. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying more. I'm saying even more because it's yeah. not a competition. But I think they did a great job with that remake. Mm, pardon me. Uh, let's see here. So Link to the Past. I don't know. Are, are you inclined to try it out? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a really hard time. And this is like probably not going to be a popular comment on, on a gaming podcast. But with like really old video games because I got into gaming with the GameCube. Yeah. So graphics that are less advanced than GameCube graphics, oh, wow. I have a really hard time. So you just push through when you're playing involved. Ocarina. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I, you have an Ocarina shirt on right yes, now, so you're obviously like, a fan. I like it a lot, and it took me, though, probably like five plus hours of gameplay to be like, okay with it. Like you can deal with it. <laughs> yeah. The, I think Wind Waker was kind of the one that helped, that had, where you kind of discovered Zelda. You've spoken yep. to that in the past. Um, it was kind of Ocarina with me, but anyway, I want to keep moving here. Um, um, it's you know, I feel like a link to the past is one of those situations where it's not so much the graphics. I don't, I don't love the graphics in <laughs> a link to the past, um, but they're fine. They're serviceable. I have been playing a link between worlds, and I'm enjoying that one quite a bit. But um, there are, t- you know, it's it's interesting. It's weird how it works. At least coming almost, ba- and it's a backward experience. Um, I can go to the original, The Legend of Zelda where in which the controls are even less intuitive yeah. and they're even harder to, you know, Link can't even walk on an angle. Right. <laughs> but for some reason it's so removed that you rewrite your brain. You go, okay, I'm going to play the game the way the game needs to be played. Right. Something with the, the biggest issue I had or the, yeah, the biggest challenge I had personally with a link to the past when we played it was that I kept kind of wanting to play it like Ocarina or wanting yeah. to play it like even, even Minish Cap or something like that. And um, you have to just kind of relax and let the game, and you can play the game the game, <laughs> like, way the okay, game wants to be played. I'll do it this way. <laughs> I will say I loved the story. I loved the game. I thought yeah. the dungeons were really, really well made. But there it is. So I don't know. If it ever comes to be that you have the opportunity, I, I recommend it. Checking it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's... Have you played Link's Awakening on the Game Boy? Only the remake? Only the remake. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. Well, let's keep on moving. <laughs> this is over on um, iTunes, or rather Apple Podcasts. Uh, Dapa Scale said, hey, this is great. And uh, here's the review from Dapa Scale. I just stumbled upon this podcast about two months ago and have been listening to it in the car virtually nonstop since. Y'all do an awesome job through and through. 
and all of the guests are just as engaging as the regular podcasters. Also, every episode, <laughs> Mallory just fist bumped. <laughs> um, um, also, every episode is a cliffhanger for me in that I am always hoping the next episode will be the one that gives Majora's Mask the, and that's the end of the review. Oh. Look at that. There's not even a more button. They left us on a cliffhanger in oh return. Oh, my gosh. Will that's be one of, asserting dominance right there. Top of scale. <laughs> Let us know what you were going to say. Everyone's a cliffhanger. Maybe it's the Majora's Mask review episode or something like yeah, that, which, which is inevitable. Yeah, Majora's Mask fan. I am also a Majora's Mask fan, so. Well, that's kind it. of interesting. Yeah. Kate and I, we're, you know, we're doing, we're playing Skyward Sword right now as of this recording to get ready for a Skyward Sword review in yeah. season five. Um, probably a short few episodes after this one, actually, because we're full, you know, behind the curtain, we're recording this during the end of season four right now, you and I. Um, I she said she's cool with playing Majora's Mask as a review. She wants to do it. I, I really want her to play it, but I think I need to, knowing how Kate plays, knowing how I like to play, I got to give her time. Yeah. I, I think we when we play Majora's Mask, we sh- we cannot rush it. No. We have to like, I would give it eight months, nine Majora's months. Majora's is a journey. Like you can go through it fast, but then you don't get the fierce deity mask and then it's yeah, right. a and nightmare that's, at the end. <laughs> it's interesting how Majora's Mask is about a, a breadth of experiences not feel free to kick your mic. You can just kick it to the kick it, kick it to the ground. Um, I hit my mic all the time. Um, it's 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 about a breadth of experiences, not length of experiences. Yeah. And so, ironically, you almost need more time to play a game like that. Right. Right. No stone unturned. Well, thank you everybody for those great reviews. The uh, the Apple Podcast reviews certainly help us in the algorithm. And I've noticed that we're being on the bottom of Apple Podcasts. We're being recommended to. You know, it's like it's like if you like this, you might also like our other people also listen to. Um, we're starting to be kind of um, recommended to other podcasts that I really look up to that are really really successful, and I'm really kind of touched by that. It's really neat. That's it's awesome. Starting to happen. All right, Mallory, Princess Zelda's. Yes. What do you want to do? Do you want to go like timeline order, chronological order, just emotional order? Ooh. I mean, what do you think? Let's see what I have. So my I gotta get to my Zelda notes are in the random order, so that I'm not. I'm helpful. cool with random. No, it could be because this is almost maybe like a low key favorites episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? Let me just ask you simply: What do you have first? What do I have on first? your list? On my list. Well, as we were talking about, and as people who've listened to any episode that I appear on on this show know, I have a soft spot for Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should we we should start like doing a drinking game every time I say that. So. How much you like Wind Waker? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I say it too much. It's like every time Kate and I say we love Twilight Princess. Yeah, right. It's like what well, was my like you know my gateway into Zelda, so mm-hmm. I have like a soft spot for it. Also, I think the tune style is delightful. But yeah, so Tetra from Wind Waker. Oh, we're going to Tetra. Yes. Okay. It's my as my number one that I listed. The first. I mean, one let's that start I off strong of. here. Let's do it. Yes. So I guess spoiler for Wind Waker if you haven't played it yet and. I don't know. Also have somehow not heard about who Tetra ends up being in the last. We, we're pretty cool <laughs> about decades. like loose spoilers. We assume yeah. that people have generally understand generally Zelda games. familiar yeah. with the, yeah. with the content. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're not like a canon or a, you know, episode or anything or yeah. podcast. So it's all good. I'm still trying to find my Zelda page. Keep going. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. So yeah, Tetra is pretty cool. Uh, up until obviously the point when she learns that she is Zelda and then they lock her away. <laughs> In a basement, and we I, don't really get to see her be cool anymore. Well, I think I know what you mean when you say she's cool, but what do you mean? Yes. So she is just kind of iconic. I love the introduction of her. It kind of flips the whole uh, like damsel in distress narrative mm-hmm. on its head right from the beginning because 
uh, for anyone that doesn't, you know, remember the beginning of Wind Waker, you know, she's being uh, carried off by the Helmarok King, that giant bird, and is dropped into the forest on top of Outset Island. And Link goes to rescue her, uh, only to discover that she doesn't really need to be rescued by the time that he gets there. And, you know, her pirate buddies are already there to, to you know, to help her out of the situation. And she basically just kind of looks at Link as like, go away. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I really like uh, that it flips that narrative on its head from the beginning. Um, but also just like her little iconic wink that she does all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. With those humongous tune yes, eyes. Those big tune eyes. And uh, like just how sassy she is and how commanding she is of her, you know, she's, she's a pirate captain. She's like 12. So I don't know how this works. But <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that because Link is just a kid. Yeah. But in my imagination, Tetra is like a woman. Like, yeah. But <laughs> size you know i assume she is also a kid i uh, think they're the same age yeah the pirates pretty dang close definitely look like adults so i'm not sure how she ended up in this situation oh my goodness i never that never I even occurred to me only imagine it's pure force of will so well she's got it <laughs> she does oh so. my goodness you know what's interesting about tetra too is that there's you know the the closest thing to the tetra experience in like a different zelda game would be kind of the chic situation yes. in ocarina of time and i do think this was the the next 3d game after ocarina so i think there was a little bit of you know sometimes you'll see echoes of concepts go from the yeah. game to game to game in um re- release order though th- what's interesting about this situation is that tetra doesn't know that she is zelda no tetra yeah. doesn't know what zelda is Mm-mm. tetra doesn't know any of that and doesn't care she just starts off yeah you know kind of kind of Kind of, I don't know, what's the expression? She's like an adventurer or yeah. something. I, I don't know. We don't really I mean, know exactly like, where she comes from. Seems that she's like more of like a rogue. She's like a thief. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? She's a pirate. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, she's written really, really, really quite well for the very f- the first maybe three, four dungeons. Definitely a lot of that stuff on not Outset Island, but... What's the what's the main island, the town island? Yeah, so Windfall Island. Windfall, that's it. So Thank that's why I, I also like made some notes for like my favorite moments of Zelda Let's in do it. in each of the games that I that I picked. So I had two for Tetra. The first one is when she shoots Link out of the cannon at the, <laughs> <laughs> the Forsaken Fortress. And yeah, she's like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be all right. Uh, and then you know when he lands and his sword is nowhere near him, she like calls him on the little glow cube and is like, oh, sorry about that, buddy. Like whatever, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, but for like a character growth perspective, my second moment that I really like is on Windfall Island when they're back there buying the bombs from the bomb shop, when they're going to go after J- Jaboon, Jabun, I don't know how we say it. Jabu oh, Jabu, but the wind. Yeah, I think version. it's Jaboon. I think so. Yeah. Um, and so she, they're, she's trying to get them to push off that night and yes. head there. Yes. But then she looks up and she sees Link. Because Link sneaking. sneaks in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. And she does her little wink. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, oh, no, we can stay the night. Like clearly, obviously giving him a head start. To get there first. Oh. And I just feel like that's like such a moment. I really like that moment too uh, from her because she she still keeps up the face, right? She's like, oh, fine. We'll stay the night. You know, she, she saves right. face still, but she's doing something nice. What do you think her motivation life. is in that moment? Do you think she knows something or is she just sensing something? I think she is sensing something. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, I, I think that maybe it's, you know, maybe it's how she took over this pirate ship as a child <laughs> where she has this big front that she's putting on. But I think she's ultimately a softie. I think she's a good person at heart. And she knows that Link's on an important mission 
And even though she has these pirates to control that want the treasure, she's like, maybe this kid's mission is more important than mine. I think you're right. I think you're onto something there because she, even before that scene, which is a fun scene, it's, yeah. it's also, it's fun to be Link kind of sneaking around, yes. learn how to sneak around. Like you feel like you're seeing something tunnel. you're maybe not supposed to. Yeah, the tunnel. I mm-hmm. think it's the first time you start really doing like the sidle stuff where you're kind of up against the oh, wall. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of that before that. But um, um, it's the first time you're really executing some of those kind of new ways to move that certainly didn't exist in Ocarina of Time. However, um, I think there are, they do meet up a, they have a couple exchanges before that. Obviously, him saving her before the bomb saving moment. Isn't that right? So she knows that Link's doing something. She knows he's on a quest at that point. Yes, I think, right? she knows that he's on a quest. That's why he joins up with her pirate crew in the beginning. Because the Helmerot King then mistakes his sister for Tetra. Remember? On oh, my Alpha gosh. Island. You're right. Yeah, yeah, they're already together at this mm-hmm. point. That's yep. right. That's so right. They've, they've been separated. So after she you know, shoots him out of the cannon and stuff, they're separated for quite a while. Um, yes, yes. This is coming back to that. me. Thank yes, you. Yes, yeah. no, because that's the thing. It's probably, you know, some of these games, it's hard. It's, it's been a while since you've played it. The last time I did Wind Waker was season one. Oh, my gosh. So, our, yeah, it has been episode. a while since I loved you've it. played it. Oh, so I mean, I love, I do love Wind Waker. I do love Wind Waker. It takes a shift in the second half. We always talk about yes, it. Yes, Zelda I know, takes a shift in the second half. Just in general. If we could just keep Tetra as Tetra and get rid of that darn quest for the shards. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> try force. You know, that we, we, we've said it a couple times on this show, but it's it's not a secret that behind the scenes, the Wind Waker game. Yes. You know, Nintendo's very responsible about not rushing Zelda games. Uh, the history of Zelda games are usually like, it's going to come out, it's going to come out when it's ready and you're going to like it and it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. like how much are we waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 right now or the sequel right. to Breath of the Wild? But I think everybody doesn't mind waiting because they know that when it comes out, it, it'll be satisfying. There was a time where Nintendo, during the GameCube era, the GameCube was a really strong machine, and in ways it did well, but sales-wise, it it did not do as well as the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. And even the Nintendo 64 didn't do as well as the Super Nintendo. And I think Nintendo was a little worried about a downward shift there, which obviously led to the radical choices for the Wii. Yeah. Um, So I think that there are some reactive business choices you can see Nintendo making during the GameCube years. And some of it was, uh-oh, we need a title for Holiday X or we need a title no. for Summer Y. Just get it out there. And and I do believe that Wind Waker kind of got caught up in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. If we would have had the, what the first half of Wind Waker is for the whole game, that, I think that would be a contender as one of my favorite Zelda games. Because I yeah. genuinely love those first three, four, five uh, dungeons. Oh, they're great. And I love all the Tetra stuff in the beginning. And, and, and you really do feel weirdly like you're in this kind of like lived-in world. Yeah. Actually, I can speak to that. I know it's not quite Zelda. But the going to Windfall Island that first time and truly, because, you know, Castletown, there's people standing there. It feels yeah. like hustle bustle, but really they're just standing there because it's still kind of like the old school 2D games. Right. Those characters just stand and you go talk and to them and you move on. in the same circle over and over again. Yeah, but at Windfall yeah. Island, characters are running up and down and walking yeah. and you start to feel like they're having their own lives. So let's, let's, with all that said, I don't, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole there. So I'm going to pull back. <laughs> with all that said, let's acknowledge kind of this this i think what happens is you know when when tetra learns that she's zelda it's a very exciting moment narratively it's very cool um i think a lot of players are kind of suspecting it at that point it happens when i think it's after kind of after the water dungeon when you go down to the castle doesn't happen down in the original hyrule castle basement it definitely happens down there i'm trying to remember sequentially where when in the game it is yeah i think it's after you because i think you go do earth and wind or whatever after that she's like waiting for you yeah yeah Yeah, because then she just waits there the rest 
I know. Without being without being too on the nose about it, let's speak about that a little bit. So she does find out that she's Zelda, and I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. So that's the part that's kind of a bummer, and I think that maybe it. it, Let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt that it's because that part of the game may have been rushed. Um, But like, it's kind of a hilarious. So I love how we flip the damsel in distress narrative on its head in the beginning, and then we flip it right back. <laughs> and it's a hard flip. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is like it's like peace out. Literally, like Princess Sparkles, she spins in a circle. Now she's in a dress, and oh, now I'm useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the one thing, the one redeeming factor, and Kate and I spoke about this in our Wind Waker review episode, is that you can kind of see it in her face. Yeah, she's, she's almost like, what is this? She's almost disappointed that <laughs> she she's is. Out. <laughs> she is, and like that, I love that for her because you know it's so Tetra. She's like. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be a pirate. What's going on here? Uh, yeah. But yeah, narratively in the game, it is kind of a okay. A I, just, I just thought of something. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, what do they call it? What's the expression? Monday morning quarterback. Like when you, you know, you know the expression of no. oh, you watch a. I don't know much about sports, but my dad used to say this. So there'd be like a football game on Sundays. And then everyone goes into work the next day and they oh. quote unquote Monday, mor- Monday morning quarterback by saying the team should have done this, could have yeah, done that, yeah. should have done that. It's not a particularly healthy way to live life. Um, <laughs> but but at the risk of doing that just a touch, just as a thought experiment here, wouldn't it have been cool, in my opinion, it would have been awesome if, if Tetra finds out she's Zelda fine – but you do have two companions in the Earth and Wind Temple later. Um, it's the it's the little bird girl whose name yeah, I can't remember Medley. right now. Yeah, Medley. And Makar. And, then, and Makar, thank you so much. You're a little Korak buddy. Now, those are, <laughs> I do appreciate both those characters. I really do. But maybe, maybe it would have been fun if Zelda would have been that other. And she would have gone along. And even if she was the secondary yeah. side character. Well, or if we'd had a, a proper third. Because usually it's in threes, the dungeons, right? That would have been so cool. So if we had her. Medley and, and Link and then the... Makar and Link, and then for the very final dungeon, instead of finding Triforce shards, (laughs) we have Zelda along with us, Tetra, you know? And that would have even lined up, because the one thing that is cool about the final battle is that Zelda does her, there is some AI running where she does actively participate in the Mm -hmm. final battle. So much so that you have to make sure, you have to manipulate the situation so that her line of sight can be, or she can execute the arrow. That is cool. Mm-hmm. That is empowering. Zelda's like technically landing the final blow and it's right. not in a cutscene. It's gameplay. Right. <laughs> that is neat. Yeah, I think there's just a little dip there in mm-hmm. the second half, huh? Yup. Yup. Well, anyway, so that's Tetra. Tetra is super cool. I think Tetra, yeah, yeah, we've d- discussed the whole thing. Well, why don't we, let's, I mean, I feel like we're kind of on a roll here. Can we go to Ocarina of Time, Princess Zelda? Was that, would yeah. that be all right? We can talk about Ocarina of Time. Because I think there Zelda. are some parallels there and yeah. also some differences. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because she's kind of uh, an impetuous little child, right? When you first meet her, right? She's kind of got a little sass to her. She uh, might be a little younger than Tetra. I think she's a lot younger than. Well, she she strikes me as younger, but also she's you know living in a castle grounds, not leading a ship of grown pirates. So maybe that's, that's true. Why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tetra is worldly. <laughs> right, right. She has some experiences, but yeah, no, I, I feel like. Well, we know Link's basically seven. It's, it's been said that Link say, is seven like and then he becomes 14. Zelda's like under 10 in, in Ocarina in the beginning. Yeah, is I my, agree. The vibes I'm Certainly, getting. Certainly, absolutely. Yeah. So so Link meets her. And um, I don't know, do you have any notes about Ocarina? Zelda? I don't, but I've obviously oh, okay, played yeah. Ocarina. So. <laughs> I do know playing Ocarina kind of, you know, the, the first time you meet her in the courtyard, my... I played Ocarina of Time came out when I was in high school. I know plenty of people played it when they were younger. I was very excited to play Ocarina of Time. It was, I had played Link's Awakening first, but Ocarina of Time in many ways was my first like Zelda game. Right. And so me walking into that courtyard 
and having this animated character turn around and say, I'm Zelda, that was my first time yeah. with a Zelda because Link's oh, Awakening doesn't have any of that. Link's Awakening, yeah. that's it right. It felt so special. It felt really yeah. cool. I remember legitimately thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm in a Zelda right. game. This is the Woo! best thing in the world. <laughs> and it was so cool. And I was excited to see her. And I didn't mind that she stayed in the castle or anything like that. Um, um, do you have anything to say about the, the young Zelda in Ocarina of Time? Not a ton. I mean, oh, she's, because it was inside your first five hours and you're still dealing with the graphics. No, I'm just joking. joking. Like a little bit, though. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that Zelda in Ocarina of Time becomes more quote unquote interesting when she is chic. But yes. you don't you don't know she's Zelda. And I did my first playthrough of Ocarina of Time when I was like, I mean, I married and an adult. So, like, I, I knew, obviously, that chic was Zelda because I didn't. <laughs> Did live you, in a cave all these years. But. Did you play <laughs> your first Ocarina of Time as the 3D remake or on 64? No, I played it. Well, it wasn't on 64. It was on like an emulator. Oh, sure. But sure. yeah, it was on our Like one Wii. of these like Wii U's, mm-hmm. Wii's. Sure, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was the 64 version. I right. have played the the 3DS version since. Um, I enjoy but, that 3DS version. I would love a little Switch port of that thing. But anyway. Seriously, it'd right? Be cool. I would love that. That would be great. But uh, but yeah, so I, I think that she becomes more interesting when she's chic. Just I maybe I'm forgetting. I don't remember a ton of interactions with her. Well, if you look at when Zel- she's young. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're I, good. I thought that was innocent. <laughs> um, um, when you look at so yes, like from the from this point of view of the story, maybe the narrative of Ocarina of Time. Zelda's there and we don't see her until the end, but we realize it's been chic the whole time. Right. If you look at the story of it, she's very active behind the scenes. We just don't see that part in the game. But she, when Link gets frozen for seven years, basically, you know, we oftentimes people call it time travel. They say, oh, Link travels, you know, seven years later. And I think from Link's perspective, that's an accurate way to to say that. But really the truth is he basically disappeared for seven years. Exactly. That's how Ganondorf was able to take over everything. Zelda's trying to hold down the fort. (laughs) She's trying to hold down the fort. And she basically has to go into hiding. And that's an amazing story right there. Yeah. Um, um, so So then she's actually really... She actually is active from a story point of view for the rest of the for the rest of the game, showing up as Sheik, being mysterious, sending Link. So this is where that some of the Tetris similarities come in, but I think it's a little different because Sheik knows already knows Link knows the situation. Right. Sheik is controlling the situation, whereas uh, Tetra might be, like I said earlier, like sensing the situation and being yes. smart about things. Um, I, I don't know. How did you feel about Sheik? Did, so you knew Sheik was Zelda the first time you played. Right. So that was spoiled for me just by living in the world. But um, yeah, I think Sheik is a cool character. I, I think if like, Tetra is, is different from Sheik, they're similar in the sense that they both like have a lot of agency. They both have their totally their own thing going on that is separate from their interactions with Link, which is important and sometimes yeah. rare for for some side characters especially female side characters in some mm-hmm. games um but i think tetra is more of like an anti-hero she's you know maybe a little morally gray i again i like i said i think she is ultimately a good guy at, at heart but you know she she's a pirate she probably steals things tetra right um, yeah 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 she probably she, does a live a live a life of grayness exactly, you're right yeah. right i the, i presume at least mm-hmm. um whereas chic i think uh 
honestly, I've compared Sheik uh, somewhat tongue in cheek, but somewhat not to almost like a Gandalf character where it's like she's guiding you through the game, but like she only shows up for like a second and like she could be so helpful and then she disappears. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You gave me a poem. Could, yeah. you, could you give me like a longer rope could or something? Could you like help me out? Yeah, right, right. Or like, you know, I just fought off all this stuff. You're dressed like a ninja. Can you not help me with this battle? You show up when it's done. Okay, that's fine. I think the, I think they were going, the, the creators of the game were almost going for like, a, is this a good person or a bad person? Because yes. the red eyes and all of that. Mm-hmm. She has the red eyes, which is kind of interesting. I think that's what they were going for, but it all does come around. Um, Zelda also helps in the final battle. Yes. You know, and it's, that is further and, in my opinion, better realized in Wind Waker. But she does. Does she shoot the arrow or does she just give Link the arrows? It's hard for me to remember. She throws him the sword. Because remember, the sword falls away in that final battle with Ganon. She kind of like, oh, oh, there's that fun part in the in the end where you're running down the castle with her. And she's oh, opening the doors for you. Oh, my gosh. That, you say fun. I... That is so stressful for me. I, no. I remember always in like season one when I was first listening to this show, Kate talking about how much timed challenges like just <laughs> ratchet her anxiety up. And I was like, we are one. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel. But yes, she she is very much a part of that sequence. But that that's a very stressful part of the end of that game. That, that entire ending there is so epic because that is before, you know, like a game like Uncharted these days is so famous for having these kind of scripted running yes, set pieces. Tomb Raider has that a lot. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, really, really, truly Ocarina of Time has that. That's exactly yeah. what's going on in that sequence. And the fact that the, the programmers were able to kind of conceptualize that and figure out how to set these different technical gameplay checkpoints that could be mixed with not cutscenes, but cutscene elements yeah. and have the whole thing feel like a cutscene, but it's also interactive. I remember the first time playing that part, remember equally thinking, because if, you know, as a, as a male player playing as Link, you can't help but project a couple emotions of like, oh my gosh, I'm with Zelda. I have to protect Zelda. Yeah. But also she's kind of leading the way. We're together. Right. You're just, your senses are on high alert and you're just trying to read the scene and figure out what's going on. And uh, that was absolutely completely exciting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely exciting. I just, you know, <laughs> I get too stressed <laughs> out when I play video games. So I'm with you, though. <laughs> the I've never actually does the castle just crumble if if you run out on the timer. I've never quite. I never gave myself the opportunity to try it out. You know what? I don't know if I have either because we'll have to listeners if you guys have had the castle crumble on you let us know because i would guess that it probably does and then they just start you at the yeah top it's probably like a again. critical mission failure and then that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a zelda term but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're with me <laughs> yeah totally so otherwise um yeah i think i think zelda in ocarina of time is is almost set classic classic in role obviously mm-hmm. without with a hard twist with the chic thing though which yes. was cool um I don't know if there's much more to say about her. She's kind of, you know, I think for some people like the Zelda in, in a link to the past is like a classic Zelda. I think, I think Zelda in Ocarina of Time is right there with her. Yeah. As far as, you know, even her aesthetic is pretty oh, classic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There are others that are less classic. Um, I think we have time to talk about one more Zelda before we go to break. Okay. Well, I'll let you pick. Yeah. So, well, and this will be good because it's a pretty short one that I have. Perfect. That, uh, I don't know. A lot of people may disagree with me even putting it on the list because she's like barely kind of in the game. Okay. Um, but Twilight Princess. Zelda. <gasps> I was hoping you were going to go. Oh, there. good. <laughs> I was like, I want to go to Twilight Princess yeah. right now, but I also don't want to totally control this conversation. No, it's see, we're just reviving. <laughs> we're on the same page. But yeah. So, I mean, obviously in Twilight Princess, Midna, the, the titular 
Twilight Princess. The Twilight Princess. <laughs> is a lot more uh, of a character in the mm-hmm. game. But mm-hmm. we do see Zelda in a few spots, several, mostly cutscenes. I think all cutscenes, actually. You, well, you, you, you kind of, she kind of shows up in that like pseudo AI character thing in the final battle with Ganondorf. Yes, But, but otherwise, true. I think there's not too much. No, I was going to say, there's the part when you first get like pulled into the Twilight. Mm-hmm. And you're a wolf and you're escaping the castle. This looks like, like in my a, eye. I have like a reflection. <laughs> David is like picking my at left his eye. eye over here. <laughs> I'm like, am I getting a migraine? I have like an aura over here no. on the left side of my vision. Oh, no. I, I think it's not. something like reflecting off my yeah, glasses. Yeah, there's just something. I've been distracted like, this whole episode by it. <laughs> Maybe you've noticed. I've like taken my glasses off and rubbed my eyes. The oh, listeners no. don't know this, but right. I'm trying not to like distract you too much with it. I'm like, hello. I think I'll just uh, deal with it. I'll just deal okay. with this spectral just, situation. There's, there's a ghost in David's office. Is there's what a, we're there's saying. a ghost in David's brain right now. That's what I got to deal with. There's a lot it's following happening. me. Anyways, no, yeah, Twilight Princess. Yes. Twilight Princess Zelda. Yeah. Oh, we were kind of talking about Minnow. Yeah. Well, no, because you're you uh, your first interaction with. Zelda in Twilight Princess, you, you have Midnight's when you first met Midnight, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and you're up in the tower trying to escape the dungeon or whatever. You know, yeah, like you're getting the out cage, of the dungeon. You're getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and that's interesting. When it's she, kind of fun kind that of... Midnight plays with you and says, like, "Oh, I want. Have you figured out where we are yet? Have you uh-huh. figured out? Like, it really does add the uh, anticipation. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but you it know what is, I mean. Is though, and she, oh my gosh, oh, I think. I've talked about before in some episode. I love Minna. She is my favorite character in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the first time I played the game, she's like a little creepy behaving and like with those little, oh, have you like toying with Link? I was a little afraid of her in the beginning because yeah, it's yeah. like you don't really quite know what to make of this character. Yeah, um, I felt I felt the exact same way. I also love Minna. I think yeah. she's awesome. Um, I, and they obviously kind of want you to not know if she's a good person or a bad person. And actually, no, wait, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't think they don't want you to know. I think she isn't necessarily a great person in the beginning. No, she's not. She's you very, know? very selfishly yeah. motivated in the yeah. beginning. And yeah, she's a great character. Good, um, arc, good arc there. But anyway. Right. So, we, so yeah, we're going along the roof of Hyrule Castle and we come across the first uh, time we meet Zelda. Yeah. And she's like all hooded and she's kind of like mysterious and i think it's like oh we don't know it's zelda but like you can see like the little hair type yeah, like, you know it's zelda. you know it's zelda, like, it's zelda i can't oh, wait man. yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't think you're supposed to know it's zelda quote unquote mm-hmm. um but i think the really cool thing about zelda and twilight princess is it's similar to, i'm gonna bring it back to tetra every zelda it's, fine. It's, it's similar to tetra in the fact that for me at least in what i'm thinking of those are the only two iterations of Zelda where we don't see them with family at all. They are kind of, they are the matriarch of their own situation. You're right. You're right. Um, so, Ocarina of Time Zelda obviously has her her dad. It's mm-hmm. like, we don't see him, but it's in there. It's in the narrative. Breath of the Wild. We got, you know, yeah, disapproving, withholding yeah. father. <laughs> Literal family issues in Breath <laughs> yeah, of the Wild. uh-huh. I think it's implied. Now, I'm reading the Twilight Princess uh, manga right now. I'm on episode issue four, I should say. And they do flesh out a little bit of Midna's backstory. Okay. I wonder if I'll get a little bit more about Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, because she seems quite young. I mean, she's all the characters I feel like in Twilight Princess are aged up quite a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I've always perceived... Uh, Link as more like 17, maybe. Yeah, mid like to late older teens. teens. Like totally. young adult novel Link, right? Uh, he seems older than the 14-year-old Ocarina of Time. Yes, Link. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in my perception, at least. And I perceive Zelda, and that is maybe a little older than him. Maybe like 
She's 19, right? She's like college Zelda. I like uh, that idea. I never thought about it. I think, yeah. <laughs> but she, I feel like she's quite young still. And she is doing her best to try to like hold down this horrible situation that's happening. Uh, and it seems that she is all alone. Uh, it seems like she's all alone even before the really horrible stuff starts, yes. which is in the kind of the prologue of the game. Mm-hmm. She's 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 almost the queen. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Functionally. Yeah. Uh, they still call her Princess Zelda, I think. I yeah, I think they the call guards her refer Princess to her Zelda. as Princess. I think so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, we don't see Ooh, captivated. A, a I wonder king if or that I've noticed. Yeah, I wonder if he least. like passed away just before and she's right. just stepping into and place, she's trying to keep Hyrule together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so I always really liked that because it's just I think it's a really feminine yet strong interpretation of Zelda. So we have the the somewhat masculine yet strong in Tetra oh. and in Sheik a little bit. Yeah. But in this, it's like she, you know, she's not going to be, you know, running around and muscly and, you know, whatever, but she's strong in a different way. I love this. Uh, so I really, really like Twilight Princess Zelda for that. I mean, because when reason. I think of Twilight Princess Zelda, I think epic. Yes. But it's like a, it's like a quiet epic. It's yeah. weird. It's like stately. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, when she turns around and you only see like her nose yeah. and her mouth, it's like, to this day, it's still so cool. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, oh, chills. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, functionally in the game, uh, she's not around too much. Mm-mm. No, the only other time that is- we really see her is... Uh, the part when she saves Midna right. when she's dying, uh, which obviously it makes me love her more because I love Midna and I'm like, yes, yeah, Zelda, save her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and kind then of, the very kind end, of beginning of the third act, would you say, is when that's happening? Yes. It's like- yep. I would call that. I would call that plot point three if we're if <laughs> okay. we're going through story structure here. Yeah. Uh, the part when Midna almost dies uh, and Zelda basically sacrifices herself, though. Spoiler alert. I mean, we do see Zelda again at the very end of the game in the cutscene when Midna yes. is going back through the mirror. Um, That's right. Because there is that moment where she kind of gets, remember, there's possessed Zelda yes, and all of that. terrifying, but in the very coolest way. Like that's. I think they handled, the game creators handled possessed Zelda in a really smart way. Mm-hmm. And in and because it's a delicate situation because Link is, Link and Zelda are, I don't really actually think Link and Zelda in Twilight Princess are in love with each other at all. No, I don't I think, think there's they any barely romance. know each other. Right. Yeah. They're just kind of trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plenty of people argue that uh, Link loves Ilya more than anything. Oh, you know? for sure. That's how I always read it, is yeah. that that's why he's doing what he's doing. I mean, and also he's Link. He's a hero at heart, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But like the initial push is that he sees Ilya get taken. And he has a wonderful relationship that builds with Midna, but I don't think there's really love there or anything like that. No, I always viewed that as more platonic, uh. though I will say like you can, I can make a case for it not being platonic, but I, I always view well, it, it as fe- I guess it feels by the time they have to say goodbye to each other, it feels like a strong relationship. Yes. Let's just put it that way. Right. Well, yeah. and you know, they've been through it together at that point, right? Yeah. You know, they've saved two worlds together. That's- yeah. It's a bond. <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say about the the Zelda battle yeah. is that from a mechanic point of view, I think that's the one where it's basically what uh, Kate and I always call it volleyball power. Yes. T- ten- it's really not volleyball. It's technically <laughs> it's tennis. Like tennis. It's yeah. like power tennis. It's uh-huh. like ball of light tennis. And I think that's how you're fighting her. So she's throwing energy. Yes. She's basically recreating the Ganondorf fight from Ocarina of Time where she's yes. floating around and shooting things at you and back. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I will say just I don't. I hope this isn't inappropriate. But when I was first playing Twilight Princess and she went she went bad or whatever. She yeah. became possessed. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit her with my sword. Am yeah. I? This is horrible. No, for serious though. It's like, I can't, I mean, yeah, she's puppet Zelda, but like, I think 
Zelda does a really good job of that in general. And by Zelda, I mean the franchise. I need to be more clear when I'm speaking about which thing. The franchise does a really good job with handling possession as like (laughs) strange of a sentence as that is. But I'm on board here. Where are you going? Frequently we fight bad guys that aren't really bad guys. Like especially, I mean, I can think of two other examples right off the top of my head in Twilight Princess. You got the baboon guy right in the beginning. Yeah. And then you got the Goron guy, the I call him the Balrog. Yeah, they all have the. Yeah, well, he clearly, so clearly was. I mean, <laughs> right? That, sh- so cool. that that shot was in the trailer yeah, of yeah. him basically Balrogging out. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was almost that shot where I was like, "Oh my gosh, we are in right. store for we stuff." Need this game now. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was really exciting. Because yeah, they so both get possessed by like the weird parasites, and yes. there might even be a few other characters that deal with that you, too. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, and uh, Yeta, Yita, whatever the she one Yeti, the she she's possessed too. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like. I wasn't afraid of fighting possessed Zelda because I already know that like in games, Zelda games, frequently you'll fight a character that is just being possessed, but you're not actually going to hurt them. You're just going to remove the possession. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think I had faith from the beginning that we weren't actually going to have to hit Zelda with our sword because that would have been a lot. Yeah, no, right. And I'm, I mean, it was very smart to not have that be the right. thing. Because there are a few times in some Zelda games, there are questionable times like, well, going back to A Link to the Past. Okay. There's a, if you're tech, if you're being super logical about the storyline, the, so the, the guards, the Hyrule guards oh. are told you're a criminal. So they yeah. come after you, but you defeat them. Oh, no. Left, right, and center. They're yeah. all over the place. And you're just like, guard, 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 guard. And you're kind of like, wait a second. Aren't these like these the are good like guys people, technically? yeah. They're being told you're bad. Right. But in the game, it's a little loose. Like, this man has a family. Like, I, I, even when I play. Dark. Like, yeah. every time. I've only done it really twice now. Like, really one and a half times when I play Link to the Past. I kind of am like, I just run away more than, yeah, like, right. more than attack Like, them. just I'm not even gonna. I don't know. It just feels a little weird. But anyway, anyway, so sometimes those little things can happen. But anyway, I'm trying to remember Link and Zelda at the end of Twilight Princess. Uh, Midna goes through back to the back to the Twilly or the Twilight. Yeah. Back with the Twilly. And and what is the ending for Ocarina or or Twilight Princess Link and Zelda? I don't know. They just stand in there looking at each other? I think so. I actually don't remember either. It's been a really long time. I was I started doing a playthrough of Twilight Princess recently, mm-hmm. uh, and then life got busy because like oh, you know everything on the Wii U or GameCube or <laughs> just on. Uh, we have it for GameCube. GameCube, yep. So um, yeah, so I was just you know kicking back and playing it a little bit, but I didn't get to the end of this mm-hmm. playthrough yet. I can't remember exactly. It's all good. I'm what just, happens? I'm trying yeah. to parallel it with like the Ocarina mm-hmm. Link and Zelda because there they do say goodbye right. to each other. You know. And that's, I mean, I, maybe we don't remember because it's not particularly memorable because they're not strong. They don't have a bond really at all. Their only bond has been Midna. Uh, and responsibility. And, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And the fate of Hyrule. Yeah. And like now Hyrule's, you know, gravy train, it's feeling good mm-hmm. and Midna's gone. So they're probably just like, all right, deuces, I'm out. Yeah, it's interesting. So the friendship thing, the friendship companion thing definitely happens with Midna and Twilight Princess. Zelda is almost more of an icon yes. or something. And that leads us into other games where Zelda does become maybe a mixture of the two, which I'm sure we'll talk about after the break here. Sounds good. All right, great. I'll see you in 30 seconds. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Actually, it's probably more like two minutes, but anyway. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And, and we, we are, are brothers-in-law. brothers-in-law. We both love beer and are amateur home brewers. Wait. So does that make us brothers-in-law? 
<laughs> I believe so. Every episode, we will talk about aspects of beer and home brewing. But nothing super technical because we're learning this too. So join us as we sit down together and dive into something beer related. Whether it's a little field research, tasting a certain beer style or beers from a specific brewery. Talk about our experiences brewing beer at home, including our own solo brews, as well as themed competitions we'll set up along the way. We will also talk about some of our favorite aspects of brewing, like hops, extra ingredients, building our brew cave, and more. And of course, our own misadventures that have happened along the way. So if you like beer, are home brewing already, or if you have an interest in home brewing and don't know where to start, join us on Brewers in Law podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Brewers in Law and check out our website brewersinlaw.com. Cheers. Cheers. One heist, six plots for betrayal. When Raya Cotella cons five other thieves into helping her steal a magical artifact from the most powerful man in the world, she knows she's playing with fire. What she doesn't know is that the rest of her crew is just as underhanded as she is, and they all have plans of their own. MJ Kuhn's Among Thieves, a fantasy heist novel full of twists, turns, and betrayal, available beginning September 7th wherever books are sold. Visit mjkuhn.com for more details. Hi everybody, David here. I just wanted to take a second to tell you about another Zelda podcast's brand new merch store. Yes, we've opened up the store to celebrate the beginning of Season 5. One of the shirts that was pretty popular this past Valentine's Day was a shirt designed by AZP blog writer and regular guest Shane Kelly. He drew up a punny shirt where a like-like is eating a heart, and of course, the shirt asks, Do you like-like me? Um, this one we uh, also offer not, not only as a regular t-shirt, but also as a hoodie. So that's nice and cuddly. So if you're interested in displaying your Another Zelda Podcast fandom, head on over to our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com, and click on the merch tab in our main menu right up on the top of the screen there. All right, let's, let's get back to the show. Okay, Mallory, we are back from the break, and um, I was consulting my notes here over the break, and and there's a lot of like little inter- like Zelda's in a lot of games in small ways, especially yeah. on the handhelds, which I think we'll get to. But um, is there a different Zelda you'd like to talk about first? I know. Well, we just came off of Twilight Princess. Yeah. Oh, I have a note about Tetra. I okay. can do that. Let's do that. <laughs> so over in on in Phantom Hourglass, yeah. Zelda is in Phantom Hourglass as Tetra. Okay. Yeah, the game starts off with with it being Tetra. So Tetra like took her Zelda dress off or something and yeah, put her and Tetra clothes like, back forget on. Forget this. All right, I like it. I have not played Phantom Hourglass for, well, for we full were, transparency. Yeah, it's true. We were talking over yeah. the break too that basically you've played all the console games, yep. and I th- I think you haven't played any handheld at all except obviously like the Link's Awakening, right? Remote. Which is basically not a handheld anymore because it was on the Switch. <laughs> you, you're in a similar situation as Kate. Certainly, when we started yeah. the show, Kate hadn't played a single handheld Zelda ever. Or, or for that matter, like 2D Zelda, so to speak, because, you, you know, the Phantom Hourglass ones are technically 3D, but anyway, they're kind of in the style of 2D or flip that. But um, if you are ever inclined, like there are some good games ahead of you. Yeah, well, we have a DS. So like I just, you know, anything that's out for the DS, I could. Do you have a 3DS if I may? I do, yeah. Um, the, the 
the Oracle games are available on the virtual console on the 3DS. Yeah. They might be six, seven, eight dollars or something. But if you want them in your library, (laughs) oh no, is that what you just said? (laughs) Like I'm out. I'm out at six, seven, eight dollars. Um, I did download them on my 3DS and if there's, if you, they're very good games or yeah. games and I, even Minish Cap might be on the 3DS. I don't know, but I definitely know the Minish Cap is available for a limited time for a while still on the Wii U. If you guys uh, still have your Wii U. We do not have a Wii U. We skipped straight from the Wii to the Switch. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. You were playing Ocarina on your Wii, mm-hmm. not the Wii U. I misheard yep. or misremembered rather. Anyways, cool. Okay. So hand held, <laughs> hands held ahead. But, uh, Tetra is, is in, uh, Phantom Hourglass, which is a direct sequel to Wind Waker. However, in basically the opening cutscene, she's out there on the pirate ship with Link, and they're traveling the lands, and they're having a good old time. A ghost ship shows up and sucks her off the ship and traps her for the rest of the game. <laughs> Tetra can't catch a break, you guys. I know. You got to go save her. <laughs> you know what it is? The game realized that Tetra is too powerful for this world. <laughs> you know, so I think you might. Take her out of commission. <laughs> I just I just had a thought this very second, and I think you're onto something in a weird way. Um Tetra is a dynamic character who is fully realized. Yeah. Therefore, when she is inserted into the game, she has to be fully written and conceptualized. And so, like, the best part of the first part of Wind Waker is that she's weaving in and out of your experience in a dynamic, relevant way that improves the experience. Right. And she can't just be... um, she can't just be peppered in, you know right. what I mean? And so if you're going to put Tetra in your game, whether you realize it or not, like you are writing a, te- you're writing a Midna, you're putting a Midna in there. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Anyways, I just realized that. So yeah, so she gets sucked away and then she becomes <laughs> Princess Zelda. And then technically Princess Zelda's in um, Spirit Tracks as well, which I really feel like we should be consulting Andy about this. But um, I haven't, th- Spirit Tracks is one of the few Zelda games at this point now that I've never, ever played ever yet, ever. At all. <laughs> like I own it. And I, I looked at the, like the, the title screen came on and I kind of was like, no, 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 I don't want to, I want it to be a fully realized experience. You know, I want it to be a real experience. I'm not even going to play five minutes. I'm oh going to play this God. when it's time to play this. And so I still haven't gotten to it, but I understand that in that game, you know, Princess Zelda, I think we all know that there's a mechanic in there where Princess Zelda, her spirit can basically possess other characters, maybe bad guys, and you can control the bad guys and have them walk around and stuff like that. A little bit of Mario Odyssey almost, kind yeah, of that mechanic I was a little. Say. Interesting. So that's what it is on the on the on the DS games. Okay. Um I think I'll save she 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 technically shows up in the Oracle games, but she's not really in either. It's more of like this kind of combined thing at the end. Okay. Um and she kind of just shows up and says, "Hey, cool. Here's thanks. Thanks for that. And here's a thing, you know, if if I may." <laughs> but there are plenty of interesting characters in the Oracle games, but they're a little bit like Link's Awakening where they're literally in different universes. Right. It's different. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. No, no Zelda, just different. I wonder if there's any others. People. Well, we've got the, there is the, I'm just trying to hit all the, uh, a lot of the handhelds right now. Um, in A Link Between Worlds, which is the, the, the sequel to A Link to the Past, Z- Zelda is in it to a degree, not too much, but I understand there's a character. Is it, is her name Hylia, Lydia? Um, there's basically an evil version Ooh. of Zelda because there's kind of an evil version of Hyrule in A Link Between Worlds. Interesting. And I might try to find that while you're talking, find the name of that character. But um, I am playing A Link Between Worlds right now. I'm loving it. I'm kind yeah. of playing it. You know what I'm doing is when there's long car trips, I'm playing A Link Between Worlds on my 3DS with the 3D turned on. I'm going. I'm trying to go full oh, experience. Okay. Yeah. And that also means, though, that I kind of almost like when you're a kid – 
I play for four hours on some long car drive. Yeah. And then I don't play it again and for you two don't months. You touch it again for a long time. And then I wait for yeah. the next car. So I'm like halfway through that game right now. I'm actually loving the dungeons. I think it's great, but I haven't met this uh, this dark haired character. And I'm going to try to figure out if I can see who that is. I'm going to literally consult my encyclopedia right I now. I hope it's Lydia because it's such a normal name. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm going to Lydia. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um and and why don't you why don't we transition over to Oh, I'd love to talk about the Minish Cap, Cap Zelda, but let's save that for a little bit later in the conversation. Perfect. I was going to say cuz I have not played Minish Cap, so if you want me to take the lead on that, it will not go well. Tell me about Minish Cap. <laughs> right. Well, it exists. It exists. I've heard it's very fun. <laughs> I actually It is it a fun is, one. It is on my list. I do want to play that one. It's an interesting game because it it's informed by both the Oracle games and Ocarina of Time. Oh, okay. So there are mechanics in in the Minish Cap where you're like, ah, I know this from Ocarina of Time. Cool that they were able to represent it in 2D. Yeah. And then there's also, it's technically, the people who created the Oracle games were the ones who created oh, Minish okay. Cap. It's te- it was a team at Capcom. And so there's also mechanics that carry over from those games. So it feels familiar um, for two different reasons. And it's a really nice mix. Yeah. Anyways, cool. anyways. All right, I'm going to I'm going to check out games here. All right. Who, who do you who would you like to talk about? I was going to say we can talk about Skyward or Breath. <sighs> I tell you what, I would love to talk about Breath of the Wild Zelda. I think there's a I do think there's a lot to say about the Breath of the Wild Zelda. Um, but let's do Skyward Sword right now. Yeah. Just for some context, have you dove did have you dove into the HD version? I didn't say that right, but <laughs> Dove in. I have not dove have in. Have you dove into- in? <laughs> I haven't played the HD yet. Yeah. I really, really want to, though, because I have heard from folks that I know that have played it that a lot of the I, – I don't have many complaints about Skyward. Like, I really right. did like it. But the few mechanical challenges that I had, there's workarounds in the in the remake yeah. from what I heard. Some, so I'm, some of I'm the, stoked about that. Some of the controller metaphors work better than others. Yeah. But ultimately, I was pleased to be playing it um, with, with – honestly, honestly – smoother graphics they still do the kind of painterly look but it's dialed yeah. in a little it's great okay. I'm, 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 I, I will say I'm loving it the parts so we used to talk about Skyward Sword and I'd say I want to love Skyward Sword I think yeah. I even literally said that in season one and um, playing the HD version now for the past couple months has taught me oh I do love Skyward Sword and some of those things that I didn't care for playing it the first time are consistent in this version but it helps me look okay. at it a little bit more critically and uh, and that's fine yeah you know, anyways, 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 it's a blast. Uh, let's talk about Zelda and Skyward Sword because if I may, you might have this note already, but um, I'm trying to transition so I can check out my book here. <laughs> oh, go for um, it. <laughs> the Skyward Sword Zelda is very much a romantic storyline yes. opposite, I would say, to the Twilight Princess Zelda. Yes, I think that the Zelda, yeah, if we're looking at, especially I think in release order, they were right after each other for consoles, right? What Twilight are we doing? Princess Twilight Princess Skyward? Skyward? Yeah, yeah. Because they were far apart, years and years apart, but I think they were right after each other. Is Twilight Princess only two Zeldas away from Breath of the Wild? Console-wise? I think so. Holy moly, I think you're right. I know, right? Oh, right, yes. Because Twilight Princess kind of came out on the Wii, but really it was a GameCube game. Yeah. And then then Skyward Sword... Was on the Wii. Was on the Wii. And that was the one that was like, oh, guess what? It was built for the Wii U. Built for the Wii. Which is why Ryan and I don't have a Wii U, by the way. Because we were like, we'll buy a Wii U when the Zelda game comes out for it. And it never did. It never did. Well, it was Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Yeah. Because Breath of the Wild was built as a Wii U game. Right. And it also came for the Switch, though. So we just got the Switch. I think if the Wii U would have sold better, it would have just flat out just been a Wii U game. Yeah. You know? But anyways, I'm I'm okay with the fate. I love it. But yeah, that's okay. We've we've solved that mystery. (laughs) So anyways, but yeah, it's very different because... 
I, I would honestly read them as the same age, the Twilight Princess and the Skyward Sword Zelda, roughly. Is her name Lydia? You just smirked. <laughs> it's Hilda. Hilda! Okay, evil Zelda is called Hilda. Princess Hilda, there she is. That is absolutely fantastic. I'm showing Mallory. I love it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to meet Hilda. Hilda. I think, obviously, they're playing on, like, Hyrule. I think Yeah, little... well, and Zelda, Hilda. Like, they sound... So... Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wait. What? what? 90s kids. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Her two aunts are Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda. Are you kidding me right now? No, this is real life. This is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe it's true in the like chilling adventures of Sabrina. I haven't watched that Netflix one, but in the like Melissa Joan Hart, like old school yes. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I remember one of them was Zild- Zelda. Yeah, I remember that, Zelda that and Hilda. Cool. It's Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda. Anyways, that's all. Okay, sorry. Tangent. I'm moved. <laughs> it's a it's a bold choice, but I love it. Hilda. <laughs> Hilda of Low Rule. Okay, okay. <laughs> what is so funny about that? I don't know. It's just such like a normal sounding oh, name. Yeah. It's not like a, oh, the evil Hilda. <laughs> and then the greatest, the greatest beast we've ever known, the most evil person, Charlie. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's like the vibes of it. Anyways. So Skyward Sword Zelda. Um, so I read her age-wise because, okay, the link in Skyward Sword mm-hmm. is like in some sort of soldier academy but like he's living in a dorm he's like at hogwarts i yeah like i read him as like 17 18 like older so there are times in the game where they say say you're just a kid okay like uh, you know characters will say oh just a child just a kid so he's i think he he's maybe 14 i don't know if he's like a full 17 okay he's younger than i than i had i don't know now that i'm thinking about now that i'm thinking about some of those cutscenes and how he reacts with her it does feel a little older okay what is it at least yeah high school is 17 18 well 14 would be high school too technically i guess but but like you're coming out of it because he's about to graduate it's his year's colors exactly yeah okay and look gruce is you know built like a linebacker i don't think he's 14 (laughs) you know that's a really good point (laughs) and i think the same age you've right? sold me 17 <laughs> so i'm going with it and zelda has a room at the school too which implies she's a very similar age if not the same right so i would read her as like an older teen or i always have mm-hmm. so she's in my mind quite similar in age to the twilight princess zelda but mm-hmm. she could not be more opposite in personality and like in uh just the portrayal of her character i yeah. think the Skyward Sword Zelda is like really playful and uh, she's funny. And I love like our introduction to her, you know, when we're, she's like, wake up, Link. You know what I mean? Like at the very beginning of the game, right? Yeah. Um, or no, it's a letter from her, isn't it? At the very well, beginning. Well, I don't know. And Someone, it's a bird. So the, she sent a bird. The thing, well, yeah, she does send a loft wing. The, yeah. the thing is that Link has, for the most part, almost in all games, he has to get woken up in the beginning of the yes, game. Yes, yes. It's almost a joke. Um, I want to figure out, I'm going to try to figure out when Minish Cap came out, if it came out before or after. Oh, I've got it right here. Uh, keep, let's keep going. I'm just going to source this real quick. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I like the the Zelda in Skyward Sword. I think she has probably one of the most, other than Breath of the Wild, one of the most compelling character arcs that we see because she yeah. does go from being kind of girlish. And I don't mean that in like, a, oh, she's too feminine, but like girlish, not girly. Like she's, she's young. She acts more young and playful and, yeah. you know, jokey around. And she really takes on some very serious responsibility by the end of the game mm-hmm. uh, and does so unflinchingly. Um, so I think she has a lot of growth uh, throughout the game, even though most of it's off screen because <laughs> poor well, Link is just chasing her. 
whole he's chasing, game. Yeah, he's chasing her a lot. Yeah. And it's, what is it? After like the sixth temple, finally you get a conversation. Yep. And she kind of, she's already been, she's already been dealing with what she has to do. Yes. Which was still cool. I loved it. Um, Gingsi has uh, never played a Zelda game before. Okay. And Skyward Sword, because it's on our Switch right now, because I'm playing it, there was like a, a night, maybe two, three months ago, where all of a sudden I heard Skyward Sword out in the living room. And um, um, you remember that? little bonus episode we had about rogue heroes which was that multiplayer links awakening oh, yeah, yeah. i don't think it was on our main feed but it was on youtube and i, I might have put it out there as a bonus episode uh Gingsi played a ton of that and she loved it and it's basically links awakening kind of via four swords you know uh almost dungeon crawler random dungeon crawler she yeah. loved it and she said oh is this what a zelda game is and so she knew that the 3d games were a little different and i have a personal rule that i'm never going to ask her to play any zelda game ever I just don't want to put that on her. And, um, you know, she can find the series how she wants in her own time in her own way. And if that equals never, I'm also cool with that. But to my surprise, Skyward Sword came on and I heard it and, and, and she's, she's about, you know, she's maybe 20 hours into it now. She hit a point where I think she's done. Okay. What I know about Gingsy. Um, but, but she came to me after the first couple hours of playing or rather, I, I know I was in the office probably working on a podcast and I could hear Skyward Sword out in the living room. And after a couple hours, I went out there. And she turned to me and she said, oh, this is like a romantic comedy. She said, are all Zeldas like this? And she, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she meant it in a good way. Yeah, no. She's like, oh, there's like a story. I like this. And because she was doing all the bird training stuff in the beginning. Yes. And the whole ceremony was Zelda. She, she played up through Demise, like eating Zelda or whatever. Right. In that, you know what I mean? She got through all of that. And she, was, she basically was at the Farron Woods. And so she had met old Impa. Okay. Or the old one or whatever they call her. Right. Spoilers. And so that's about where I came in and she was loving it. And she, but what she liked about it is that there was this, there were all these relationships. Yes. There was the Groose relationship, blah, 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 blah. But I think that Zelda and Link do have a strong relationship in this game. For sure. Yeah. I heard someone make the argument uh, that they, they read their relationship as fully platonic in Skyward. Hmm. And obviously everyone can interpret everything how they like. I have never read a relationship as like more overtly meant to be a romantic pairing in a, a Zelda game, at least. I think than, I agree. Uh, than Link and Zelda in Skyward. They blush. You even, yeah, they blush. They have like their little moment on the tower. And then like you even have like this is uh, I think another reason why I read them as being like maybe 16, 17 years old, because it's like a high school romantic comedy in the beginning you've got mm-hmm. the bully that has a crush on the girl oh my gosh and, you're right right like it is very very much fitting into those archetypes uh there's all they're like three or four times there's the i want to tell you something and they look at each other yeah. something interrupts right longing glances mm-hmm. yeah I but mean, they're innocent enough oh yeah you know oh yeah it's yeah it's it's i think it's very to me i always read it as a very romantic pairing uh between the two of them um, and it's, you know, it's, I think it's a cute relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I do like that we don't have, uh, the romantic relationship dovetailing into Link must save Zelda. Now he does, he goes to try to save her, but like she has Impa, like really Link does his part and Groose does his part. Right. And the end, yeah. like they're, they're in the end, they're a team working together right. though. Uh, doing their their disparate parts, but it's it never felt, at least to me, like uh, you know Link coming to save the poor you know helpless woman. <laughs> well, the, the problem with the trope of going to save the poor helpless woman is that it turns into a prize, and yes. that's not a great thing, right? Um, I think you know Impa is there for Zelda, and I think even after that third dungeon, because that's the most recent game I've played now, 
there are times where, you know, Impa, it's part of the story. You can't help it. But Impa's like, you're late. Yeah. You're, I was here to help her. You're yeah. lucky because she would, if I wasn't she here. She would have been done for. Yeah, yeah. right. She would have been done for. And so Inca, Impa is capable of, of helping Zelda. But Impa also does know, I think, it seems like Impa does know that Link's supposed to be the hero, quote unquote. Right. And that he's he's supposed to find his potential. So I think that's why she's also a little hard on him in those moments. So, so it's not that Impa's saying you don't you aren't needed here. Right. She's basically saying you're not doing you're well. You're falling enough down yet. on the job, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we need these, you know, all of the parts of the puzzle to work. And mm-hmm. I'm subbing in for you right now. Uh, but think- yeah, so even when he is like taking a more active role near the end when she's frozen. She has willingly done that. She's gone into that state as like a self-sacrificial moment. Like, I feel like Zelda has a lot of agency in Skyward Sword. And mm-hmm. I really like that about the game. Even if, you know, in that, in that second half, I guess it's also kind of one of those like going into the third act things. Yeah. Because um, it's it's literally after six dungeons, you're kind of just doing that final stuff, which is really where I am in the game right now as we record this. Oh, okay. Um, this this cutscene happened to me recently. And she is she is under her own agency, but it's also she's bearing the weight of like responsibility. Yeah, the world. <laughs> yeah, so she kind of has to do it, and she yes. knows it. She, she, she's already dealt with it emotionally. You can tell that through the last three dungeons. Let's say while right. Link's been chasing, she has because really you're only chasing Zelda those first three dungeons, and then I think the next three are a little bit more like oh you got to go collect three things or something. Yeah. to hit a final. Oh, moment. true, true, true. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it's like get Zelda, get Zelda, get Zelda. Yeah. And then the next three are, oh, we need to build this lens of time thing. Right. You need you know? to gather these pieces. Yeah. But it's sweet. When she says, like, I'm going to go in here. When she asks, like, it's sweet. When she says, you know, you're such a sleepyhead. You're, you're, I always have to wake you up. Yeah. Can you please wake me up? Or will right. you do it? Even me playing this time as a 40-year-old man, I was like, it's cool, Zelda. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yes. It was a bit a little poetic it's even like almost. It's like a moment. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so I'm excited to see um, kind of what happens at the end of Skyward Sword here. My memory memory does not serve after the demise battle. Me, it's been it's been quite a long time since I, I've gotten to the end of that. And also, I played the first time I played Skyward Sword was on the Wii. And it was way after the Skyward Sword hype. I literally bought Skyward Sword at like a used video game store. Because I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't get this one. Yeah. I'll get this one. And then I kind of played it half focusing on it. I have to be honest. And so I'm yeah. really pleased that this time I can focus You're on like it more. really diving in. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I didn't even remember. I certainly had played the part where she goes to the gem and says, you know, yeah. um, will you wake me up? I don't remember any of that. Right. So a lot of this stuff is feeling new. Anyways. I love it. I love I it. Um, um, so Skyward Sword, yes. Any any other comments about Zelda in Skyward Sword? We might have covered it. Yeah, I think that's most of, most of, well, it's everything that was in my notes at least. But. I was looking at um, time, like uh, real, real world release order. Yeah. Minish Cap actually was released shortly before Twilight Princess. Oh, okay. I was wondering, the reason I want to say that is because this might bring us into Minish Cap is... Um, you know, now, now, Minish Cap was released before Twilight Princess, but they were developed by two different companies and obviously two different teams. The Minish Cap Zelda is very much Link's friend as well. The The opening cutscene is her walking down to his house to be like, hey, Link, how's it going? Want to go play games because we're kids because we're eight years old? I love it. And they're, you know, basically she's saying, like, let's go to the festival. Yeah. They're kind of equally channeling A Link to the Past and a little bit of Chrono Trigger in there. And it's all kind of mushing together as in, like, let's go to the main festival and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, but they are full on friends in the beginning. Um, it Like, if they were 
old teens, it probably would be romantic, but they're eight years old, so they're just right. best friends. So it's just adorable. It's yeah. adorable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she does she gets frozen as a statue pretty quickly. Um and then <laughs> and then you just <laughs> then you go have your adventures. <laughs> it's the classic tropes. Like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um if we want to get off of the tropes, maybe we do transition to Breath of the Wild Zelda. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of different interpretations of her story and her journey. I'm a fan. I don't know. Where do you land with uh, Breath of the Wild Zelda? I like Breath of the Wild Zelda quite a bit. I My only sad piece is that most of our interactions with Breath of the Wild Zelda are, uh, we, we don't have them. They're all through these flashbacks that well, you know, yeah. Amnesiac Link is finding and, and recalling throughout the game. Yeah, it, re- um, it really is cutscenes. You're right. That's a good point. And that's, I actually, after I finished playing, um, which I... I Folks that have listened to episodes that I've been on might know I was very late to the game with Breath of the Wild because we bought it right away. And then I tried to play it and I like really hated it at first. Oh, just and I played it again later with a different mindset and I loved it. But it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about earlier, where you have to just kind of go in with the right mindset for the type of game. And I went in expecting it to be like a Twilight Princess, very linear, very. So I kept trying to just charge along. Uh, and you know, go to the next thing, go to the next thing. And I kept dying every four seconds because I wasn't, you know, getting enough hearts and like gathering the things. And then I went back and played it more like a Skyrim, which is, it kind of is. Um, and I, and I enjoyed it a lot, but, uh, when I beat it the first time, I actually went straight to YouTube and I watched that like 30 minute compilation of all the flashbacks actually in Order. order right right <laughs> because like i felt like by the time and i play video games slowly i mean i'm sure you're honestly i do too like a i want to savor it but b like we're you know like adults with jobs and yeah. stuff like <laughs> you, you sit down for an hour yeah you you do about what you can it's like watching a tv episode exactly and then you save and you get and back you to save, life you go back to life and then maybe it's two weeks before you can sit down and play yeah. again for a while um so i felt like by the time i got if I'm in a memories, really, i just want to yeah. say quickly i'm so sorry i'm interrupting no but like, you're good if i'm in a good game i might reserve an hour a night or something oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll cut TV time or whatever. Absolutely, or you'll absolutely. eat while you're playing or something. But otherwise, you'll, you'll it figure is that- it out. But yeah, it's very like episodic. Otherwise, it's it's hard to get through a game sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I didn't remember all the cutscenes that had come. You know what I mean? I felt like I didn't quite <laughs> the get time. the whole story by the time I did. So I had to go through and watch it again. Uh, but when I did, I found like just a really beautiful story of a young woman discovering herself and her power on her own. Like maybe not on her own terms, but like discovering that like you can't control everything and like you know things will come when the time is right and like just learning all these really important like just human lessons right um i think it's a a beautiful story for zelda in those flashbacks (coughs) do you recall what the first time you played so the first time i played um i experienced the memories in a a very um non-linear meaning like I, I ended up finding them very out of order yes and for me it was captivating for me i loved it because i yeah. would like you'd see one thing you'd see one cut scene and you're like okay zelda's got it covered and then you see another scene where like she's contemplating you go oh my gosh what and then there was, I was then i got a scene where she was like talking about how she'll never find she'll never find her power and you're like oh boy well you gotta deal with it Zelda. you gotta figure it out but then <laughs> i got another cut scene where her dad's giving her pressure about it and i was like yeah. oh that's where it's coming from right and so i got really lucky and i got like a really good like version of, of the order and it wasn't in chronological it was stimulating yeah by being out of it was order. like 
Oh my gosh. Do you recall any of the main beats that you might have? Did you get it in out of order, you know, as you were playing the first time? It was totally out of order. I know that. Well, the very first time I played again, when I didn't get through very far of it, uh, because I didn't really like it, I didn't, I don't think I found a single memory other than the ones that like you, I think there's a couple that you find like just throughout, you have to by playing the game, but like the ones you have to go look for. Uh, and honestly, even the the uh, iteration where I enjoyed and played and like, you know, Skyrimmed it up a little bit, I don't think I found them all. Mm-hmm. Um, like <laughs> the, when I was watching the the YouTube clip, the the one where she like tries to force Link to eat the frog. I don't <laughs> think I found that one yeah, uh, yeah. on my own. <laughs> I remember that was like, I was a little underwhelmed with that one. I was yeah. like, OK, OK. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I don't think I found them all uh, mm-hmm. in that, but I, I definitely found them out of order to the point that I, I got the whole story eventually, but I, I enjoyed it more when I went and watched them in sequential order. I see. I got to try that. I definitely got the, I definitely got a Link Believes in Zelda one, somewhere around two or three, but then I got the Zelda sad in the ceremony Thing, like later on and the and the champions were you know yeah. uh, like feeling for her and a little bit sad Ooh. and it was really it was a really dramatic that way to get the right info in the feels yeah that yeah one is- that was good and then and then there are some there are some extra dlc cutscenes and stuff that if you really want to put all that together some of the dlc cutscenes are well obviously i think all of them well some of them are actually prequels to frankly even like age of calamity and stuff like that oh, okay but there it's it's zelda going to talk to the champions about what they might have to do oh very cool. and they're cool so that yeah. might be out there too but um i have heard about people taking the cutscenes and putting them all in order and, and you would say that it's satisfying yeah i thought i mean honestly it reads like a movie i mean when you mm. watch it it's only like 30 minutes long and you know your main character doesn't speak so uh, grain of salt <laughs> that it's like a movie but it does you know you can just kind of kick back and watch the whole thing and you know, you get in the one I found, uh, which is like the first one that comes up when you search on YouTube. Um, it's uh, not just the ones with Zelda, but it's also got the interactions with the champions that you that you have uh, in the. I think it's all the memories, uh, not the DLC ones, but. Oh, right. When she goes and mm-hmm. like when you oh, when, when Link, Link goes, goes and talks to them. Go, it's, yeah, it's Link, when you, but, yeah. When Link's talk to them, mm-hmm. talks to them. You're right. You're right. Yep. There, there are so those. You get those as well. Uh, sprinkled in. Right. So. Yes, because those cutscenes just happen every time you're about to go into mm-hmm. one of the beasts. Yeah, yeah which are those are now. like the only ones I got the first time because again I wasn't oh, I, I wasn't like trying. <laughs> well, now that you know Zelda's story, yeah. um, um wh- what's your what's your take on Zelda in, in Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I love I think she is a classic underdog, how she's presented, which is funny. I mean, she's a princess and you know, she's not really an underdog, but like she is, in, she is. in her story, right? right. Uh, where she's so driven and she has so much, uh, she's so intelligent and she's, you know, got all this, all these great traits. And then, you know, she's got this, the king looks like a total jerk in those flashbacks. Like in my personal opinion. I think the king might be. Like he seems like just like the most, the worst dad. Like, I mean, and he's under pressure. Right. We get it. (laughs) But like, you know, so she's got all this pressure coming in and she, she, you know, is not succeeding and not succeeding and failing again and again and again, but keeps getting up. Like, it's very inspiring, mm-hmm. I feel like, to to watch um, her her story in that. Being told you have to do something, you have to do it now, and you don't even know how to do that thing yes. is an emotion a lot of us can relate to. Well, there's the flashback, and this is the one that, like, it gets, I mean, at least me, it gets you in the feels where it's a... Uh, when she's talking to Link and she's like, you're really good at this, but like, what if, you know, you didn't know if this is what you wanted to do? What if you were just expected to be a guard because your father was a guard and like, da, 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 da. Like, what if this wasn't your path and you're forced into it? And it's like, oh, like there's probably, 
so many people who are, you know, pushed into things by their parents. Uh, fortunately, like I'm lucky my parents are super supportive with stuff, but like there are people that do get pushed into mm-hmm. career paths they don't want. Like that probably hit those people or real hard. Or when the world people's. pushes you into that path. Well, yes, even. You know that's I mean? true. There's a lot of different ways to have it happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you just know you have to do something. The And then what also is interesting is how she um, almost in a panic starts wondering if maybe she should find alternate alternative yes. ways to deal with this. Like if she doesn't, find her power um maybe there's a scientific way to deal with it right maybe it could be with these robots and then and then so the one thing that's been a theme for me my entire life if i may get personal for a second is the balance of um um the balance of like the passion and then also the logistics of needing to be alive and all that kind yes. of stuff you know <laughs> and and balancing that and trying yeah. to figure out what that balance is it's a lot <laughs> and um you know even if you, let's make let's make it a little more realistic let's bring it all the way down to like grade school or something like that and it's the end of the school day you're home and you have um well i can i i guess i'll make it personal i remember back in the day around fourth or fifth grade I was designing a like Jurassic Park board game. Love and it. I was it was it was it was it was kind of like D and D light where there was you were rolling attack dice and you're you know the, the all the characters had the different storylines and I was trying to make the logic of it and I was literally building the board and I loved this thing and I couldn't wait to get home to work on it and I worked on it for months I literally built the instruction manual and everything so we're gonna play this game sometime right? I think I think the instruction manual still exists I think I saved it um and it might be playable the game might be playable I don't know if I, I still have it. the board because <laughs> I, I had like colored pencils making the yeah. board it was all a grid system but anyway Amazing. I digress the point is I would get home and I would be challenged because I'd have homework yes and I wouldn't be passionate about the homework. I could understand that the homework was relevant for a long-term goal. And and you're being told you need to do the homework, but it doesn't feel important. But yeah. you kind of know it. I guess it's important. Um, so so that's like that's a, a really complicated now, now if that emotion is expanded to something much more dramatic, much you know, so that balance, I would, you know, you're you're working on the board game, you're working on the passion project. And it's filling your soul, but you're feeling guilty because you think you should maybe be doing that responsible thing. But when you're doing the responsible thing, you start to die inside a little bit. <laughs> or you're not being fed, As let's say. As a novelist with a day job, you are speaking to my soul. <laughs> so I was I was going to kind of go there. Yes. I was going to kind of go there. It's so true, though. It's so true. Having the two jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's very relatable. Ours. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Zelda. Yeah. So the, so for her to try to find, you know, then so in some ways, if her passion might be in these robots, yeah, you could say, and exploring that, whether she's doing it out of panic or interest or whatever, she's also being challenged. Like, is every minute that I'm researching these robots, is that a minute that I should be meditating in the pond? Right. You know, figuring something out. And and that balance, I can identify with it very much yes, so. Yes. But also if I spend all my time meditating in the pond and it never, the power never comes. Yes. Then have I wasted all the time that I should have been spending finding an alternate path to victory here? Completely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a big, woo. Poor Zelda. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's, I, one of the reasons I really, really like Zelda in Breath of the Wild, even though she's not in it. <laughs> Yeah, I know what <laughs> you mean. The end, but uh, yeah, I'm stoked for for the sequel because it looks like she's going to be very much. Uh, you know, it a does. It. I don't think we've seen her in gameplay yet, but it does seem like she's certainly that very first teaser trailer from like 900 years ago <laughs> um, <laughs> implied that she was going to be active. Pandemic, I think yeah, that was. It was. That, was, <laughs> that trailer <laughs> that came a long out time <laughs> before our live water dungeon episode, oh wherein gosh. Kate and I met Celeste for the first time. <laughs> 
I did not realize that long that trailer ago. has been. Oh my gosh! Ago. All right, we need this game. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for it. But yes, I also have high hopes. I love Zelda's story. I don't even if it were just the movie. Maybe I will watch all the cutscenes in order. Um, I I loved her her story in that game personally. Yeah, same did too. Did you ever have a time in your life where you really had to struggle with that balance of of the passion and the logistics? Yesterday, no. <laughs> <laughs> Because wait, your your day job. I don't I don't want to dig in too yeah. personal. Your day job, does it have like a set in and out time or is it like a work at home office job? So it is now it's work at home. So I yeah. just started a new job a couple months ago. Uh before that it was like a very much going into an office kind of yeah. job. Uh, but you know, there's still I'm I'm in meetings like pretty much all day. So it's got set hours. But I see. uh yeah, it's a Sometimes it's almost more Always difficult when you don't have those set hours because then you every minute is that struggle. Yes. I've had times in my current situation where I want to be working on some 6-5 show. Yeah. And um, um, and also knowing like, well, okay, now I have three tasks for school because I'm going yeah. to school right now. I've got three tasks for school. Or I've got three tasks for 6-5. My soul will be fed by 6-5 stuff. But I guess long term, you know, yeah. you got to plant the seeds, I guess, for the plants of the <gasps> thing. And and it, and that's it's an, it's a complicated emotion. It is. It is. See, this is like I love this conversation because I always knew that Zelda was in breath was a very relatable character. I was thinking just because she's like a classic underdog. She has the classic hero's journey, which I've talked about in one of our ACP blogs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> plug. Is that your most recent one that just came out? No, oh, okay. no. It's a, oh, that was the movie one. right? Yeah, right. it's like two or three blogs of mine ago. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, but no, I think this is a very compelling point that she does have that that struggle that is, I think, for most most people probably, but definitely most people trying to pursue something artistic uh, in modern society. It's a very relatable struggle mm-hmm. for 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 us and for Zelda. So I feel like we could probably spin off a whole other episode from where we've just started, what we've just started right? talking about. <laughs> so we're going to reel that in, even though I love that we went yeah. there a little bit. And are there any other Zeldas that come to mind? Because honestly, I think we're about at time for this episode. Yeah, well, that's perfect because that is all of the Zeldas that I had notes on myself. So I'm doing a quick scan through the games here in the encyclopedia. We've obviously have Zelda in the very first game, but she absolutely just shows up at the end as a Princess Peach type character. She, oh, okay. You know, just a sprite at the end where she goes, here's Triforce. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, Congrats! Yeah, and then um, in the in a link uh, Link's event adventures, yeah, or Link's adventure, um, she's asleep. It's a little bit of a Sleeping Beauty thing. She's asleep in the beginning. You literally start right next to her, and Ganon doesn't really exist. But you have to go out to figure out how to wake her up, and go out and figure out how to. Um, it basically, you have to go out to figure out how to wake her up is your motive. Yeah, and then all the bad guys are attacking you because they have deduced that if you die. Ganon can come back. Oh. And so that's like the so the 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 reason the bad guys are baddies and the and your objective aren't actually Yeah, synchronous. I was just gonna say. It's kind of cool. That is cool. It, it is kind of cool. Um Zelda's in a, a link to the past, but honestly, there's not a lot of standouts there for me with her. And not in Link's Awakening. Um, she technically makes a couple cameo appearances in Four Swords. She makes a little cameo appearance in Majora's Mask in that opening cutscene. Yep. And I do believe that's the same Zelda from Ocarina of Time. It is. And it's just like a 30-second flashback, yeah. <laughs> if that. <laughs> and that's everything. That's pretty much everything I have. There's a couple yeah. other little spin-off games. We could talk about the Zelda's adventure on the um, whatever that was, the... That, that system that Nintendo doesn't agree exists. Right. <laughs> oh, what was that thing called? I can't remember. Like, the guys just talked about it. A few, uh, the turn by turn guys talked about it last season. But anyway, 
Um, there it is. So Zelda, all in all, oh, let me let's finish the question. Let's finish the episode with this question. What's your personal assessment? I don't know which way this will go. Uh, what's your personal assessment on the evolution of Zelda through development as a character? I think that Nintendo is moving in a fantastic direction <laughs> for Zelda. I think she starts out and it's, I mean, it's not Nintendo's fault. It's just like how video games kind of well, princess peach, right? Like a lot right. of uh, the older video games just had a character generally female, but maybe not always. Uh, that's just like a couple little things and you're saving them and whatever. And so whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that more through the release order timeline, we're getting a Zelda that has more of a voice, uh, literally, in, in Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. The yes. blood moon. Um, but <laughs> the blood moon rises. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Zelda. <laughs> right? I appreciate it. Uh, but, <laughs> but, like, she has more agency. She has more of a, a say in her, you know, fate. Uh, even yeah. if she really doesn't have a say in her fate, she at least gets to decide how she feels about it, whether she's going to go willingly, you know, into this fate or struggle against it or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just like you are frozen in a statue in the beginning of the game and we will unfreeze you later. Well, and, you know, and as I'm looking at these, I have I have the whatever it is, 2025 20, games in front of me here. Yeah. And as I'm looking at them. I'm realizing that one thing we've learned today is that there steps have been made along the way. Yeah. You know, we can joke about Tetra getting sucked into a gem once you become Zelda, but the truth is Tetra existed and that was a nice step forward. Exactly. You know, yes. um, Sheik was a nice step forward. Yes. I have no idea if she, there's a, there's a real version where Sheik was supposed to be a completely different character. And then somewhere along development, someone says, what if that's Zelda? Wouldn't that be cool? Because, you know, I, I think they might've designed Sheik slightly differently if it was yeah. Zelda, like aesthetically. Um, but but they did it. They went for it. And that was what they landed on. And so that was even a step forward in in coming out of the Super Nintendo days, having Zelda, even if it's low key in the background, be this active character. Right. Who's, he was a ninja warrior. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Was a step forward. Breath of the Wild. Skyward Sword was a step forward in that she had a growth arc. Yes. You know, um, I think that was really great. And the way Zelda is at the end of Skyward Sword. um, Certainly, when she has to, when she realizes that she's Hylia or that she's embodying embodying Hylia, is great. And then we, right now, we've landed on on Zelda and Breath of the Wild. I'm I'm interested to see where where this character or the right. the uh, represent representation or the renditions of this character yeah. go from here. The future incarnations of the uh, mm-hmm. spirit of Princess Zelda. I personally, I think you've written about this a little bit. I love the idea of Zelda being playable in some form on some kind of Zelda game. I don't know if I care if she is or isn't. I just I just more interested in how her character is handled. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you could have a playable Zelda, but the characters. Um, totally inappropriate right. or, or, no, or boring exactly. or something. I would, I mean, not to get off topic, I would rather have a uh, androgynous link that you can choose whether it's girl link or boy link mm. <laughs> than have necessarily playable Zelda, honestly. Right, Because right. I think playing as Link is iconic. Uh, I think if we were to have a playable Zelda game, uh, I would love to see those seven years where she becomes chic. Well, I tell you, but way back in the day on Studio Demands It, my first crossover episode with yeah. them, TC and I posited that that might could be a film a in film. itself. I agree. I agree. Know? If you're going to do, uh, which 
to plug the blog again. Uh, I did. I posited a different option for a Zelda film in my most recent blog, but I think uh, another option would be covering because it would have to be a storyline we haven't seen yet. And those seven years we haven't seen the seven years. But as we record this just a few weeks ago, your blog post about I think it was about the storyline happening before Breath of the Wild. Is that Correct. right? Yeah. Well, what was it? What was the whole what was the concept there? So my argument uh, is that uh, we can't have Link as the main character for the movie to work because Link doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. Link is supposed to be a blank slate for you to insert yourself in. Therefore, any actor that portrayed Link, it wouldn't work mm-hmm. uh, for at least a large portion of the audience, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I posited that we just have uh, this era where the hero is sleeping and things are getting darker and darker right before Breath of the Wild begins. Mm-hmm. And we have a random Hillian pick up the sword or a sword, not the sword. And say, I'm going to be a hero because there isn't the hero. Interesting. And try to at least save his little corner of the world um, was my. And then at the I have like a a photo image in my brain of like the the end credit scene, like Marvel style, where we go to the cave and we see Link wake up. Oh, post credits and Link wake up. Correct. And that would be, you know, the how I perceive uh, something might work for a film. I love it. So um, uh, let's let's. I feel like we could keep chatting. I think I'm yes. going to call it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, um, this, that was great. Uh, let's see. I'll do. I'll do show stuff first. Um, sh- no, no, no. Let's do your stuff first. Okay. So, so, so it's been a few months now, but your first book has been out for quite a while. We've had your ads peppered in on some of the AZP yes. shows. It's so fun when I hear them. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Thanks for recording it. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Well, to I reached it. out to you and I said, "Hey, I'd love to like you know be able to promote your book a little bit. And can you record a little something? And you like a pro? You gave me an audio <laughs> file. I threw a little music in there. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so what if people want to find anything about Among Thieves or you or even your blogs on AZP? How can people find Mallory Kuhn? Yeah. So. You can find me uh, literally every social media. So um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I am at MJ Kuhn Books, uh, M-J-K-U-H-N Books, all one word. Um, and that's everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something that may not be appropriate. Do you <laughs> have terrified, a, but Do you okay. have a concept where for a continuation after Among Thieves? Oh, yes. Okay, cool. That's all I need to know. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Wonderful. Well, people can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Raptor Paint. They can find the show on Twitter at Another Zelda Pod, on Instagram, Another Zelda Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Um, we're over on Pinterest now, basically just searching Another Zelda Podcast. Yeah, Celeste handles our Pinterest account. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and, and speaking of another thing that Celeste helps with is our Discord account, which you can get to, I believe, by clicking on a link on our website, though I've heard a little bit of feedback that that link's not working. I'll, I'll get into oh, it. Okay. I'm not sure why. Um, I, I dip into Discord here and there, but honestly, Celeste and Shane and a few other folks are really doing the heavy lifting over there. Oh, They're really for sure. Yeah, keeping I'm in the there community every once alive. in a while, too. So, yeah, it's very yeah, cool. It's fun. I love it. It's like, a, it's like a, do you know what I feel like? I feel like it's like, to me, it feels like it's like the green room of the podcast. It's yeah. like where people mingle and talk and chat. I love it. And a it lot totally of time, is. Ideas come out of Discord for an episode, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's the backstage in some ways. Uh, otherwise, you can find all this stuff and, and our blogs, of which many Mallory has written, over at anotherzeldapodcast.com. Mallory, this was a pleasure. This was so fun. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I look forward to more episodes with, with both of you. Oh, and, and thanks again, as I already have said in previous episodes. Thank you so much for you and Ryan stepping up in season three and legit kind of out of like 
cold intro. No, no prep at all. Recording three full-on EZP <laughs> episodes back in season three, the two of you. Yeah. It was amazing. We were honored that you trusted us with it. So <laughs> I, I trusted you with it and I looked forward to it. By the time, like, honestly, when I asked you to do the third one, I just wanted another Mallory and Ryan episode. <laughs> and um, I... Uh, I, I kind of was like, okay, I gotta reel this in. I, like, I can't just have them do all these. <laughs> just episodes. go, go. <laughs> all right. Anyways, thank you so much, Mallory. Yes. And um, until the next time we record, I, I guess uh, have a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. But, oh, do you want to say it? Yeah, Mallory. I'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Whoa, that was pretty good. <laughs>